tonight I want to preach on this idea of being planted. So the title of my message, if you want to say this with me, is Get Planted. Yeah, come on, let's, let's say it together. Get Planted. Awesome. I'm excited to share on this word. I really just believe that when we as Christians, when we as people who believe in God are planted, then we can flourish in our own journey. Um, and so I'm really believing that this message will, will unlock some things for some people, um, illuminate some things for some people. So, hey, I'm just going to pray real quick. Dear God, I pray that uh, our hearts will be receptive to what you want to say tonight. God, that we would hear your voice, and Holy Spirit, that you would just be moving in this place, prompting us, leading us, and speaking to us. And God, would you just take my words and make them yours? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what does it mean to be planted? Um, we say get planted a lot, but the reason we say this is, you know, you have a plant. It's a, it's, let's say you have a seedling. Has anyone ever done, like, planting a tomato plant or anything like that? It's a lot of fun. I used to do it as a kid. You have a seedling, and it grows in these little trays, like these little tiny trays, and it can't survive in there. And so you get this little seedling, and you plant it into soil where it can grow. Um, and so you plant it in there because when a plant is planted in a good environment, it can get sustenance, it can get nutrients from the ground, it can tap into water supplies, it can also... Uh, dig down and build a root system uh, that will help it survive in all seasons. So it's not just about what's on the surface anymore, it's about what's deeper down. So there's this root system that is spreading out and helping it survive through summer, through winter, through autumn, um, and, and help it produce fruit in spring. And so when this plant matures, it will, in the right time, produce fruit, produce tomatoes, right? Uh, and, so, and, and also, when we plant it in ground, out of the seedling tray... It allows it to grow bigger and taller because its roots are able to go deeper. And so when we talk about being planted as a Christian, it's much the same um, for us. We are planted, uh, we get planted so that we can have more sustenance in our relationship with God. We can get the things that we, that we need to survive, the sustenance and nutrients to survive. We can survive in all seasons. In fact, we are planted um, for longevity in our relationship with God. We can go the distance. We don't just um, fade out. We grow in our faith in God and our character as well. So as we are planted, we begin to grow deep root systems that tap deeper into trust and, and faith with God. And also, we begin in the right season, we begin to produce good fruit, life-enhancing fruit, the sort of fruit that you really want. Um, and so we need to be planted if we want to have longevity and produce this fruit in our relationship with God. You know, um, Ash and I got married three months ago. It's three months ago today. Today's our three-month anniversary. Happy anniversary. I just realized that I forgot to say that this morning. I've had it all planned. Three months ago, Ash got married. and uh, Ash, Ash and I got married. <laughs> oh, man. We got married, and we went down south for our honeymoon. We went down to Margaret River and down to Albany. And on our way to Albany, we stopped past at the Valley of the Giants treetop walk. Has anyone been down there? It's incredible. So you get there, and there, uh, there's this like platform, this walkway that goes up into the top of these trees. Um, and, and I was talking to the lady as we were about to walk in, and she was telling me about these, they're called tingle trees. I think that's a weird name for a tree, but they're called tingle trees. Um, try not to giggle at that, the whole uh, message. But these tingle trees have been around for hundreds of years. 
In fact, they grow to over 40 meters tall. So this treetop walk gets to 42 meters and reaches the top of the trees. And these, tre- these trees have been through all the seasons, all the storms that have faced the south coast. In fact, there was a fire that came through that forest um, about, I think it was 50 years ago or something like that. And it like wiped out the forest. But these tingle trees, because their roots were so deep, um, because they had like dug down so deep, they survived the fire. And actually the next season, they grew back even greener and started flourishing again. And so, you know, not that you ever would, but if you cut down the tree and look in the rings of the tree, you would see this, you know, darker mark where the fire came through. It's incredible. And so these trees were amazing. We were walking in our honeymoon up through, this, um, up through this bridge, and it's like a suspension-like sort of bridge. So it wobbles a little bit in the, in the wind. I was jumping up and down, getting ash scared, and like making the whole thing move 40 meters up from the ground, having a lot of fun. But, um, and then we came back from our honeymoon. And uh, for our wedding, we actually got a cactus, like this, this nice, it's actually five cacti in this one pot plant. And I'm like, oh, it's summer. I'll put it out in the sun. And then when we went on our honeymoon, there was one day of rain. And so we came back just so amazed at these trees and, and thinking about these trees, opened the door, looked at our cacti, and half of them had died. It's been one week, but half of these cacti had died. Had died. And the ones that are remaining, I was going to bring it today, but they're withering. They're, they look so sad. I reckon they've got another month or so. Um, but these cacti had just died after one week of being alone. But yet these tingle trees had survived through hundreds of years, through fires, through storms, through all of these things. And I just feel like God is saying to us right here and right now, will you be the cactus or will you be the tingle tree? Which, which one will you be? We get to have a choice of what we want to be in our journey. Will we be the one that goes for longevity and, and uh, survives through the seasons of life, through the fires of life? Or will we, will we have an encounter and, and it wither away? And so there's this passage in Jeremiah 17 5 to 10. It says this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness and in an uninhabited salty land. They're like the cactus. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord And have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat, not bothered by the 1200 degree fire, or worried about the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So Jeremiah is painting this picture of these two ways to live. We can be like the shrub that has stunted growth that's planted in the desert. Its root systems weaken. And, and if you know much about cacti, they actually store up their water within themselves. This verse says that the, you can be like the shrub who places their trust in mere humans, who places their trust in themselves. Their, their water and their sustenance for the season is all built up in themselves. Or you can be like this tree that is planted near the riverbank, that's roots grow deep down, that has a great strong root system that helps it survive through the hot seasons, through the dry seasons, through the storms. But then he goes on to say this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine all secret motives. I give people their due rewards according to what their actions 
deserve. And so you can be like the cactus or you can be like the tingle tree, but just know that the human heart is deceitful and it will lead you naturally without, if you don't do anything, it will lead you down this path of being the cactus. It will lead you down this path of not having a deep root system for all seasons. It will lead you down this path where, where you can't, you know, go deep enough into the water supply. So what Jeremiah is saying that you can be like the tingle tree, but it actually takes some intentionality. It actually takes some, you know, going and getting there. It doesn't just happen naturally. It takes some work. You know, we can get our sustenance from, from um, all sorts of things. We can get our sustenance from all sorts of things. You know, where are we planted? And, and the, the way that you discover where you're planted is by looking where your sustenance comes from. You know, uh, like, you know, working for the weekend, you know, just trying to make it through the week and you get to the weekend, you get to rest and relax and recharge and that's your sustenance. Or, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, a career that is fueling you. Like, you know, I'm living for this job. I'm living for this next promotion. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe for a lot of us, I feel like it's social media. You know, you have a five-minute break, you jump on Instagram and that refuels you. You're ready to go. Maybe you've got an hour and you make a TikTok video. And I don't know if that applies to anyone here. But we make a TikTok video jump on Facebook, and these things fuel us. We use these things to, to recharge us, get us back ready to go. And so we use these things as our sustenance. But um, Jeremiah is saying, you know, if we, if we use these things to susten- uh, sustain us, then they won't ultimately lead to the longevity, the, the, the planted tree. They're not bad things. They're great things. But if they're used to sustain you, then you're going to end up like the shrub. But when we get our sustenance from living water, from, from God, it doesn't have to be like us getting our sustenance from those little things that never really fill us up. We can actually get our sustenance and our nutrients and our growth for the next season from God. God is saying, hey, I want to be your sustenance. I want to be the thing that fuels you. It doesn't have to be those things. It doesn't have to be like that. We can be like this. You know, I um, used to have, my first car was a 1990 Toyota Celica. And uh, yeah, it was a good car. I know Dan Pinelli had the same car. Uh, and, you know, it's the sort of car that's like, it's like a sports car, but I got it for $1,000. So I felt like I was winning. And this thing was, it was well loved, but also a little bit mistreated as well. And, uh, and when it got, I had it for about four years. And when it got to the end of its life, it began to chug. You know, you'd put your foot down. And it would just go, and then before it gets going, and, uh, and I was like, what the heck's going on here? So I tried fixing everything, changed fuel filters, looked at injectors, all of that, and it didn't work. And then so I decided, you know what, instead of using 91 octane, I'm going to try and use 98 octane, uh, the premium stuff. But not even just from Puma or Coles Express or Shell, I want to go for BP because I've seen the ads, you know. I've seen, I've seen the green stuff go into the car and everything works again. And so I went and got that 98 octane and I filled it up and all of a sudden it begins to run smoothly again. And there's no chugging. When I put my foot down, it goes and I feel like it's the same with us. What are we refueling ourselves with? You know, in our own lives, maybe we're putting the foot down and wanting to move forward, but we're chugging a little bit. It's like a bit harder to get going. We're, we're struggling a bit more than we used to. And I think for some of us, that's because we've lost the right source. We've lost the right source for our lives. You know, the right source produces good fruit. 
God wants to provide fullness in your life. God wants to give you good gifts. God wants to, to, to make you whole again and, and do all these awesome things and provide fruit. He wants to see you, um, you know, go well in your career. He wants to see all these things, but it has to come from the place of a good source. What's sustaining you? Psalm 92, 12 to 13 says, But the godly flourish like palm trees, and they grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted into the Lord's house, and they flourish in the courts of our God. Where are we planted? Where, where is our sustenance coming from? What's fueling us here tonight? You know, when we are planted in God, we are able to become like the tingle tree because we pick the right source. We've dug down the roots into the system where, where we hit underground um, water supplies and and I know it's a crazy analogy, but it is similar. Our roots are deep enough to survive through all seasons. And, you know, I think it's crazy when you think about all the wild storms that have hit the south coast over the past 100 years, and those tingle trees have faced them all. You know, the, the gale force winds that have hit the south coast, the, the storms, the, the lightning, the winds. But the thing about a tree is... You, like you see a big tree and you sway and you think, oh my gosh, that's going to fall over. But actually, when the tree sways, its roots are moving deeper. It's loosening the soil so that the roots can dig down even deeper into those new spots, into those new water supplies, into that deeper place. And it's the same with our own lives, that when the wind comes, and the, when we're planted in the house of God and the wind comes, that those things that were meant to you know, knock us over, push us over, actually force us to grow deeper in our trust with God, deeper in our relationship with God. It's not because we're amazing, it's because we're planted in the right place that when the wind comes, we actually know where to go. We know where to go deeper in trust with God. You know, when, when you lose your job or when, when finances get hard or when there's, when there's family crisis and you don't know where to go, but you're planted in the house of God and so God becomes your trust and when God becomes your trust, your roots just get a little bit deeper. And the next time that comes through, you've already been through that. So, through, so your roots are already there, ready to hold you down. You reach new water supplies as a result, new, new life as a result. You know, where are we planted? You know, maybe for you, the, the, it's not the storm that you feel like is knocking you around. It's more like a fire. And I... I just get blown away by that story of this tingle tree surviving a 1200 degree fire and then like a few months later it starts to grow green again it starts to grow green again and and it's just so clear in the bible that when we are planted in the right place the fire that came to destroy us only refines us it burns off the bad it burns off the old so the new can grow the lady said that um, down in at the, the Tingle Tree Forest, that when the fires came, the next year, the trees were even greener. And so when we are planted in the house of God, that when the fires come, when the struggles come, when the winds come, we just grow back greener. It hurts, it's hard, it's difficult, but when we're planted in the right place, the right support network, the right people around us, we've got our hope and confidence in the right things, then we are able to grow back greener. There's, there's not only that, but the soil is richer with nutrients. I, I just think that's an incredible analogy for us to live by. You know, when we are planted, we have sustenance in our lives. We grow and we survive through all the seasons, even the good and the bad. And so where are we planted? 
But the next question is, like, how do we get planted? Like, what does it look like to get planted? And in order for us to get planted, it actually turns, uh, actually takes us turning, like, a good idea or a good habit and turning it into a rhythm. We need a good rhythm in our lives. You know, we need a good rhythm in our lives. A rhythm is just a habit that's become solidified into, like, a lifestyle. It's like second nature. It's like you're not even thinking about it. You just do it. Ash and I, we're married, we're finding this new rhythm. Like we have two separate rhythms, we're coming together, we're like, all right, sweet, what does this look like? And so we're in the place where we're like, full-time job, ministry, study, um, what does it look like for us to build a rhythm that we don't even think about it anymore, it's just the way we do lives. Now I feel like a lot of us encounter what it's like to be in rhythm when we start going to the gym. You know, that, that barrier of getting into a rhythm. I find when I go to the gym, the, for the first, like, three weeks, I am just thinking about what I'm wearing. I'm thinking about, like, is everyone looking at me? Are they judging me? Are they judging the way I work out? The, how much weight I'm lifting? And, and I'm like, you know what? This feels uncomfortable. It feels unnatural. I'm not sure if I'll get through it. I've done 20 minutes of workouts, and I'm out of ideas for what to exercise next. And it feels unnatural. But that's the thing about rhythm is that when you plant yourself into a rhythm, at first it feels unnatural, but then it just takes keep, like, keeping on going, keeping on going, before it begins to turn into something that is second nature, something that, that you don't even have to think about, but you're there because you're planted, because it's a rhythm. You know, uh, I, I don't know, maybe some of us, we feel like we're a seedling, um, like we're like the tomato seedling, and we've just entered this relationship with God, and we're like, awesome, what's next? And so for a lot of us, it just takes getting planted, getting planted, finding the right soil, and it feels unnatural. It feels different because it is different, but when we keep sticking at it, we can become like the mighty tingle tree. And so what is our rhythm at Everlife? How do we find rhythm uh, as, a, as a community of God? Um, and what I love about our rhythm and many churches, but especially ours, is that we base our entire rhythm of the first church, what the first church does. You know, the Holy Spirit came after Jesus left. Holy Spirit poured out. People were speaking in tongues. All these people were looking on. And they're amazed. And so Peter decides to get up and preach. And so he preaches. And they're like, awesome, we're in. They get saved. And so Peter's got all these people that are ready to get into church. And so he's like, well, what do we do next? We need some sort of organization. We need a rhythm. And so we pick up in Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in, needs, in need. We're not asking you to do that unless you feel <laughs> led. They worshipped together in the temple each day, and they met in the homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared the meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so these guys devoted themselves, devoted themselves to God, devoted themselves to what the apostles were saying. And they met together in the temple which is like the church. They met together in the temple and worshipped and received and they waited upon God and then they shared meals in their house. 
you know, like our dinner parties, like what we do on Thursday nights. They shared meals together with great joy and generosity. So these guys built a rhythm. The first church, the first church's rhythm was temple and table. Temple and table. They went back each week, each day, temple and table, temple and table. And so what it looks like for us to get planted in 2021 in Everlife Church is for us to build a temple and table rhythm into our lives. You know, really simply, the way we build rhythm is, number one, through our Sundays, through this. This is like the temple. We come together, we worship God, we get encouraged by the Word, we receive from God. You know, this is a place where um, we can tap into a source of living water. And we make the decision to come weekly. You know, we're, we're planted in. We couldn't leave even if we wanted to. We're that planted. Um, we're planted. And so number one is through our Sundays. Number two is through our dinner parties. And, uh, you know, sharing together over food. I think it's great that we, like dinner parties is dinner and a party. So it's like you rock up, there's food, there's a lot of fun. But then there's also an opportunity for us to like share what's going on in our lives. Get prayer, get encouragement. I love Hebrews 12, um, 1 to 24, 10 to 24. It's uh, on my phone. (laughs) It goes like this. Oh, sorry. I'm completely lost. It goes like... Let me try again. This. Hebrews 1, 24 to 25. It goes like this. Here we go. This is it. I promise you this is it. Oh, it's lost. I'm going to have to go off my head. It says, um, don't let us neglect gathering together. Don't let us neglect gathering together. And I think it's the same. Like we have all got busy weeks. You know, we've all got the same amount of time in a week. And no matter how much we're doing, we always just feel like we're busy. But let us not neglect the the simple benefits, the simple benefits of just being planted in the party, planted on a Sunday, Um, you know, showing up even though we're busy. It really just does like wiggle that root system down deeper. It, like when we when we when we come to a Sunday, even like throwing off other plans, what that says is that hey, I value what I'm going to gain from God more than those other things. And so I think if we want to be planted, being planted just looks like I'm in. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I want to receive. I want a temple and table rhythm, a rhythm that's so natural that I don't even have to think about it anymore. I'm like I'm in. I'm there on a Sunday. That's the first thing that goes on my calendar and I will show up, I'll contribute, I'll be there at a dinner party. And then we've also got this ability to go to the next level. So there's a simple temple and table, but then there's also, at our Sundays, there's opportunities to serve. We have an incredible worship team, an incredible host and hospitality team, production team, running our cameras, running a live stream out the back. Um, We have the connect team, the kids team that are just killing it every week and we never get to see how good they are all these different ways that we can serve. And really what it is, is as a church, we believe that we should know God, grow together. But then there's this other bit that says, go with purpose. It comes out of Matthew 28, where we go with purpose. You know, God has a purpose for your life and He wants you to be deployed. And so when we 
when we sign up to a serving team, it's actually saying, God, would you use me? Would you use me to help uh, make an atmosphere where other people can encounter God? where other people can come in and encounter God for the first time. And so if you want to go to the next level, I guarantee you that you'll be instantly deeper with God as a result of jumping in a serving team. Because it is, it's that next level. It's that next step in your relationship with God. And then practically what it does is you are so planted in the church that, oh, I can't do that this Sunday. I'm serving on team. And that's the best thing ever. Um, Being so planted so secure in uh, your root system with God that you couldn't even leave if you tried. Like no matter how hard or bad life gets, you're like, I'm in whether I like it or not. And you will be blessed as a result. You just will be blessed. When that fire comes, your, uh, your roots are so deep that you've got water supply. When that winds, wind comes, your roots are so deep that it won't knock you over. You're like, you can't even run away if you tried. Not that, you know, it's sound, sounding bad now. It's good. Hey, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that, hey, maybe this is the time for that next step in your relationship with God. Maybe that's your sign. (laughs) Um, Maybe this is the the next step. Maybe this is what the next step for you looks like. It's just saying, hey, I'm going to show up to the temple. I'm going to show up to the table. And I'm going to go to the next level and jump on that serving team. Hey, can I pray for you tonight? Father, we just thank you that we can be used by you, God, that we are loved, that we are cherished by you, God, but that you also allow us to be used and placed by you, Father. And so, God, I just pray for this church that we would be in the healthiest environment we could be, in the right soil, God, where we can be planted deep and growing in relationship with you and trust with you and, God, growing together. Uh, Father, thank you for this community, that it is a life-giving community. Um, that it, it builds, um, you know, builds each other up, Father. And so, God, I just pray that even right now there will be promptings for people to jump into a dinner party, to jump into just committing to, to calling Everlife home, or even going to the next level, Father, and jumping on a serving team. Holy Spirit, would you just be talking to your people now, just prompting them, Father. And God, would we just grow deeper in relationship with you, that even though the winds and fires of, of life come, Um, that God, we are so planted in you that we will have longevity in our relationship with you, Father, that we'll see it through those seasons and grow deeper and taller as a result. And so, Father, we just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, right now, why don't we just stand up and let's continue to worship tonight.